This is episode 42 of the Popcast. Hello, welcome to the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. Maureen, welcome back. Another week, another podcast. Yeah, and I'm back on the marquee topic this week. You're back on the marquee topic. Maureen, can I talk to you about something real quick? Yes, honey. So I borrowed some of your cream today. Which one? And it's driving me crazy. Why? It was a peppermint cream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all I can smell is peppermint. All, it's Did awful. you put it on your nose? No, but it's just following me around. I'm not going to use it again. I don't like it. It's I too... literally I use it on my hands actually, and I think it smells delicious. I mean, it's not a bad smell, but it's just like so much peppermint. I I feel like I'm in a candy cane. Mm. So anyway, just wanted to let it's you know not I borrowed candy it. Cane. It's like Bert, Burt's Bees peppermint. Like it's well, natural. It's whatever it is. Oils. It's it's no good. I'm not going to be using it again. Sorry, honey. Maureen, last week on the podcast, I announced that Zach from the Vernacular Podcast and the f- co-founder of the entire podcast network, he and I started a new podcast, the Breaking Bad podcast called Breaking Pod. Hilarious title. We have actually released three episodes already. So we are covering each episode of the Breaking Bad series, one podcast episode at a time, and we have already covered the first three episodes. So if you are thinking about re-watching the show or if you've never watched it before and want to follow along with our discussion. It's been really fun so far. We've had really good conversations, really digging into the deeper meanings of the show. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. Wherever you get your podcast, Breaking Pod, we'd love it if you subscribed, left a comment, you know, gave us a rating, anything like that. Anything you can do will help us get more listeners. So we'd really appreciate it. Maureen, you ready to get into the snack bag? I certainly am. Maureen, first snack bag topic tonight. There's going to be just announced a prequel to Greece called Summer Lovin'. What do you think of this idea? So guys, I'm keeping a totally straight face right now, and I want you to tell me what you think I will think of it, Josh. What do you think my reaction is going to be? Maureen's reaction is going to be, no, 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 doesn't need to happen. It totally is. Dang. I thought for sure you'd be like, oh yeah, Maureen loves Greece. She's into this. I'm not into it. It's silly. It's just silly. The movie is so good on its own. The the sequel that they made with Michelle Pfeiffer was a Greece total too. flop. And I feel like this prequel is going to be weird. And what? It's going to be just about that one summer? Yeah, I don't really understand it. I feel like it's going to be like when Say by the Bell went to the beach. You remember that? I mean, I, I loved those episodes. But but you loved them as a kid. Mm-hmm. Are you going to love it as an adult? Probably not. I feel mm-hmm. like this is totally unnecessary. This is another example of Hollywood trying to capitalize on a property they already have the rights to. Now, I will say it's being written by a screenwriter named John August. John August has his own podcast called Script Notes. It's one of my favorite podcasts. He's a good writer, so it could be good, but I just don't think this needs to happen. I mean, the other thing, too, is that they're not going to have John Travolta. They're not going to have Olivia Newton-John. So they're going to cast people who, what, look like them, sound like them? I don't know. Is there going to be music? Uh, we we have so many unanswered questions here. If there's not music, then there's definitely no point. What if it was just a straight drama? <sighs> and what if it ended? Summer loving. What if it ended 
going back to one of our first episodes yeah, with about the, the Grease theory. I was going to say, this is going to ruin that fan fiction theory. Yeah, about how maybe Sandy died when she fell in the water, drowned in the water. And yeah, I th- what if it ends like that? Would you be she surprised? She falls in the water, okay, like it, splashing around. She said she nearly drowned. Who said that? Oh, yeah, I guess. Danny or Sandy? One of them said it in the in the song Summer Nights. Anyway. He, I, she said he showed off splashing around and he says... I saved her life. She, she nearly, nearly drowned. drowned. Yeah, he's yeah. lying. Yeah, a little hyperbole from Danny. I think I'm with you. This is totally unnecessary. I don't even think I would want to see this on home video or digital download or whatever you call it these days. We'll probably end up watching it, though, and talking about it. So you can look forward to that, everybody. Yeah, we will. We'll cover it when we do see it on the podcast. Maureen, second snack bag topic. There was something that came out this past week from actress jenna fisher who is probably most famous for her role as pam on the office she's now in a show that maureen really likes called splitting up together she plays lena well she posted on twitter that she found this sort of video blog from 2007 when she was filming an episode of the office it was the episode called booze cruise where everybody went out onto like this cruise ship on a lake and she found this video blog she shot and she posted it online. I guess it's actually been online for a while, but she sort of just pushed it out. I thought this was really delightful. It was so fun to watch all of these people like on set while they were just sort of hanging out late nights shooting this this episode. And I thought it was especially interesting because there was a guest star in the episode and that guest star was Amy Adams. So Amy Adams is in this video blog, like well before she ever was nominated for an Oscar. She's now been nominated, I think, five times. But she was a guest on The Office back in the mid-2000s. I thought this was just so fun to watch. I mean, the video quality is pretty terrible. It was like 2007. It's like one of those handy cams where no one can figure out how to zoom in. So this was like video blogging, vlogging before there was video blogging. Did you like this? I did. It's eight minutes long, so that's a little long for okay. me. But I I liked it. I mean, she goes and she introduces, like, these are people who work on the, like, interviewing the medic and the... Production um, assistants. Yeah, I thought the medic was particularly interesting because Jenna Fisher asks her, what did you have to do differently for this episode? And she's like, I had to get a lot of Dramamine and wristbands. Yeah. And then you see BJ Novak later literally barfing over the side <laughs> of the boat. He had taken the Dramamine but didn't didn't help. I don't know. It didn't seem like it was like a rough cruise. No, but some people are very sensitive to that kind okay. of thing. It was just funny. I liked seeing like the human side of it. It was fun because they all seem like friends. You know, like they all seemed to get along really well. And maybe it was just because there was another camera in their face, but... Everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves, even though they were shooting super late at night. Yeah. yeah. So if you do get a chance to check it out, we will link the video in the show notes. Maureen, last snack bag topic. This one's a little random. Okay. I have to say, so Josh prepares an outline every week because he's an angel and because he's the driving force behind this podcast. And he sent me the outline today and I was reviewing it. And on the outline, it basically said, meet Joe Black. And there was a link. And all I could think was, I remember seeing this movie, and I remember how horrified I was at the scene where Brad Pitt's body gets bounced around between two cars. (laughs) And that is what this article, the whole thing is about this one scene. And I remember, I, I have very distinct memories of like seeing this movie in theaters and being like, what the heck is this scene? What just happened? It's like he has this like loving, like classic romantic comedy, like l- like meeting of the girl flirting and then like she walks away and looks back and then he walks away and looks back and they never look at each other at the same time and it's like this really raw, like emotional thing. And then he's literally like hit aggressively with a car and bounced around. Like his body's like ping, 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 ping. That's what I used to- All right, to- well, let me, let me wait, say wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. What year did this come out? I don't know, like uh, late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Let me set this up real quick. Let me set this up real quick because I was browsing Twitter last week and I came across this tweet that said, this is the most bonkers one minute of, of a film I've ever seen. And it was totally out of context. Now, I have to say up front, I've never seen this 1998, movie. You were right. Okay. My friends and I used to make, like, anytime anything bad happened, we used to be like, it's like Brad Pitt's body, like, bing, 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 between these things. I have never seen this movie. So for me, when I we're saw this, when it. I saw the scene, I was like, this is so ridiculous. So it is, as Maureen described, apparently happens very early in the movie, maybe like 15 minutes yes, in. Yes, it's like you you don't expect it at all. So the actress Claire Forlanti meets Brad Pitt's character in a coffee shop. They hit it off, but then they don't exchange numbers. They go their separate ways. They look back, as Maureen said, and then he looks back one more time in the middle of a street and then gets smacked by a car and smacked by another car. Now, this scene came up, as I said, because of it was tweeted out as sort of like this really random scene, but... What came of this was sort of this oral history of the effects people behind the scenes who actually worked on this film. And it's a super fascinating article. It's on, not CGI. It's not CGI. Basically, what they did was they made a mold of Brad Pitt's body. And then they made a really realistic head with glass eyes. And they had that bouncing around the street in New York City. And they didn't tell the extras that it wasn't a stunt person. So this whole scene is bonkers. You have to watch it. It's not it. a stunt person. It's a dummy. It's a dummy, but they didn't know what it was. Right, so the, the extras... people thought like Brad Pitt was actually standing there. Right. So the whole scene is bonkers. I just found it fascinating that because of this Twitter clip that resurfaced, there is now there is now this oral history of this moment from these special effects guys. And they do a really nice job recounting how they had to take Brad Pitt's body mold and how he was in spandex. And, you know, it was just like this whole ridiculous thing that they had to do to make this one moment in this in this movie happen. And the moment itself, now looking at it 21 years later, it looks so fake. I mean, it's not even like that realistic. So anyway, I just thought it was funny that this came up. I love how Twitter can bring these moments up, you know, years and years later. Check it out. We'll link it in the show notes. You have to watch this clip if you've never seen it. It made my day that this came back into my life. All right, Maureen, that will do it for the snack bag this week. But before we jump into the marquee topic, here is a quick word from one of our sponsors. Do you ever listen to an episode of the Popcast and think, man, I'd love to give podcasting a try? Or maybe you think to yourself, that Josh, he's a hack. I could do my own show about pop culture. I'd want to keep Maureen though. She's great. Well, I've got good news for you. Anchor, the very platform we use for the Popcast, is the easiest way to make a podcast. Their platform is super simple to use and gives you everything you need to make your show in one place, either on your phone or on your computer. And the best part? It's completely free to use. They have the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, and they'll take care of distribution so you can make your voice heard everywhere from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Google Podcasts and more. You can also make money from your podcast, and get this, there is no minimum listenership required to start making money. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, back to the show. Maureen, marquee topic this week, you are back. First time in three or four weeks you are on the marquee topic. Are you jazzed? I'm jazzed. It's a pretty good one. Okay, so before we jump into this week's marquee topic, I want to say that next week's marquee topic, in case you want to prepare, Maureen doesn't even know this yet, but what I want to do next week is I want to do sort of a deep dive into this new Netflix documentary about Beyonce that just came out. It's called Homecoming. 
it's gotten really good reviews and it's been talked a lot about on social media. So I thought we'd check it out. We'll watch it in the next week and then we'll do a deep dive on this documentary. So if you have Netflix and then you want to follow along with our conversation next week, go ahead and check it out. We don't cover a lot of music stuff on this podcast, but I think it'll be good to cover something music based for our marquee topic. So go ahead and check that out and we will discuss it next week. Maureen, marquee topic this week, just released by Time Magazine, was the 100 most influential people of 2019. I guess it's for this year, or maybe it's for last year. I guess over the past year. They say 2019. Yeah, so it's this year's list. But just a little background on the premature. list. premature. We're, we're like yeah, four months a in. third of the year through. I think it's sort of like over the last year, but it is this year's list. So a little background on this list, if you're not familiar. It was first established in 1999. The final list of 100 people is chosen by Time Magazine editors with a list of nominations coming from the Time 100 alumni, so people who've been chosen in the past, and then the magazine's writing staff. Time makes it clear that this list is not necessarily an honor. Rather, they say it's a list of people who are recognized for changing the world regardless of the consequences of their actions. And that's pretty clear because Kim Jong-un has been on the list like six times. And fun fact, the person who's been listed the most times is former President Barack Obama, who's been on there 11 times. So Maureen, I saw this list and I thought maybe it would make a good marquee topic conversation because it's a really interesting group of people who they've chosen. And so the first thing I want to ask you is what were your overall thoughts on the list? Like, were you surprised by anybody who was on there or anybody you saw on there that was like, I don't really know why they're on there? Well, I'm just going to be honest. My first reaction to the list is that there's a lot of people on here whose names I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's a good thing necessarily. Like if these are the people who have been the most influential, then clearly I'm missing out on a large part of what's going on in the world. So there were a lot of people who I was like, oh, who are you? What do you do? Um, So it was very interesting to me in that way. I mean, there's a lot of names I know on here, but there was a lot that I was like, I've never... Or I've heard of you, but I don't know what you do. But there were a lot that I I had never even heard of. Did you have that? Yeah, I think I probably could tell you who maybe half of them were without needing any prompting or any research about who they are. It's pretty interesting because the group that I recognized mostly were people in the pop culture field, people in sports, Mm -hmm. people in political fields, unless they were really, really big, or people in other creative fields like design uh, people in other, you know, scientific fields. I didn't know some of these people. So I think you're right. It is interesting. But I it got me thinking about, you know, what this idea of influence, because it does make sense that there would be a large swath of different people included on this list, because you might be influenced by something different than someone else. Right. Like, like I'm not everybody's target market. Right. And neither am I. And so you, you, not, you and I might be influenced by you know, an actor or a singer, or I might be influenced by an athlete or what they're doing, but someone else who has no interest in that might be influenced by a scientist or a political activist or something like that. So I think it's interesting to sort of look because there was one on the list who I saw, who I was familiar with, this guy named Ninja, who is an, he's a gamer. He plays video games for a living. And, you know, I'm aware of him, but I would not say that I'm influenced in the slightest by him. But it's amazing the number of people who play these online video games who are influenced by him. So it makes sense that someone like that would make the list. I thought it was really interesting. So they, the the list of 100 people, and they assign them to categories. And the categories are pioneers, artists, leaders, icons, and titans. And I thought that at first I was like, oh, this is helpful. And then as I kept going, I was like, this is kind of whack. Like, it, it seemed to me like the the 
category names were more buzzwords than they were like actually describing that group of people. I'm not. I mean, some make sense. Like you know, some the artist's that, one is maybe the most accurate. Yeah, but the, even some of like the Titans make sense. Like I was looking at that one and but someone a Titan like Titan versus an icon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they. they, I think they sort of just do this to group them into groups of twenty, like five groups of twenty. There were a lot of sports people in the Titan section, and a lot of a lot of performers actually crossed out of artist and into icon. Yeah, I don't know. The categories I think are sort of moot at this point. Like, you could fit someone into one like. Lady Gaga is in the icon category, but she could easily be in the artist category. But I think maybe they're thinking about it like, does the person use their platform for something more than their art? And maybe that's why they go into a different category. So Maureen, was there anybody in particular who surprised you on the list? Just broadly, was there anybody who surprised you? I had a couple that surprised me. Like surprised you like, oh, wow, I didn't think they'd make the list. There were a couple like that. And then you know, before I really understood that this is not necessarily influence for good, you yeah. know, my first thought was like, oh, Donald Trump is on the list. And like... But he's influencing a lot of people. He's definitely an influencer. I don't know if he's, you know, it's up to you <laughs> to decide evil. whether you think he's good or bad. Uh, I think it's bad. But I, I was surprised at some of the artists on here. Like, I looked here and I saw that Rami Malik was on the list. I mean, he had... He had a big role last year in Bohemian Rhapsody. We talked a lot about him, but was he really influential? Like beyond that, did he do a lot of stuff? I, I don't know, really know. And then the other one that really surprised me was Glenn Close. Like I think she's a fabulous actor, but I don't understand why in particular last year when she was in a movie that really wasn't that good and she didn't really do that great of a job. I mean, she did a fine job, but you know, she didn't win an Oscar ultimately. Like why did she make the list this year? Like I was just trying to think through people like that that I can see being on the list, but I'm not sure why they made it this year. But Glenn Close was, like, in the hype. I mean, like, there was a lot of talk about Glenn Close in the Oscar race. It's not that I disagree with you. My thing is more of I want to understand a little bit more about why these people were chosen. And really what you get when you click on their names is two or three paragraphs written by, like, a colleague or a coworker of them. It was just interesting to me. Like, I was in, I was hoping to see, like, Glenn Close was, like, nominated to this list because of her amazing role in whatever she right. showed sort that blah 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 and blah yeah. blah blah make a big difference and she influenced x y and z for x y and z and we didn't get that what you get is like these personal accounts of someone's individual relationship with that person which i thought was both interesting and frustrating for this very reason so like for example glenn close her description is written by robert redford So it's really interesting. In some of these cases, I was scrolling down and I was actually clicking on them because I wanted to read about the person. Like, I wanted to see the person who wrote its take. So, for example, Leonardo DiCaprio wrote one on Jane Goodall, which was just really interesting. It's from their point of view and it's very personal and it's very much like, oh, you know, this is why Jane's important to me and why I think she's important. So I both like and dislike this. I like it because I like seeing about the given celebrity on the list from another person's eyes who's close to them rather than from a reporter. But in some of the cases, I felt like the person wasn't that close to them. For example, Rami Malek. Yeah, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. wrote it. And I they, thought the same thing. I was like, did they even know each other? They I mean, don't say how. Some of them say like, these well, he two d- people are starring in a movie together or these this person directed this person. Robert Downey Jr. did say that he was friends with Rami Malek, but I've literally never heard about them together. Like, not that we would know every celebrity relationship and friendship, but that one did seem like out of left field. It would make more sense to me if it was someone younger or someone who was in influenced by this person so for example jordan peele wrote one about spike lee 
And that made sense. Like, clearly Spike Lee, as a black filmmaker, probably influenced Jordan Peele. Leonardo DiCaprio was the same. Like, yeah. Jane Goodall's work and his, it, like, inspired a lot of his environmental work. Well, you did you did put on the outline this question about what did I think about or what did we think mm-hmm. about, you know, having other famous people essentially write these little blurbs about the Time 100 list. My thought is that I liked it, but I wanted more. Like, right. I would be fine with that blurb and then also from the Time you know, people who decided these people, what criteria or like what made them. I think what was interesting about it was that you could tell who was a writer Mm. writing these things and who was not. Like I read the Lady Gaga one that was written by Celine Dion. It is like, it's terrible. It's like just a laundry list of what she's done. And it was like, oh, don't forget, she's not just a singer. She's an actress and she's good. It's like, all right, this doesn't really explain why she was influential. You know whose was awesome? Emma Thompson, who wrote Amelia Clark's, her little like three paragraph thing was beautifully written. Yeah, you. I mean, you can tell. And Emma Thompson has written before. She's a writer. You know, it's it's pretty obvious when a person is well spoken and a good writer. It's pretty obvious that they did a nice job here. Okay, so was there anybody on the list who personally strikes you as influential? And I guess we can keep this mainly to like the pop culture world or the artist world. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones fame. Definitely, I see her as a very influential artist. And I like that she's, you know, got this Game of Thrones Daenerys Targaryen, who's this main character on there and has this very, like, strong vibe. But she's also, like, been in romantic comedies and she's branching out a lot. And I think she really takes her craft seriously. So I, she's she's somebody who's influenced me. Lady Gaga. Obviously, I've been on a, a weird Gaga kick since Star is Born. And that my last week, my teaser was Gaga 5 Foot 2, her documentary on Netflix. So she's one who I'm very interested in right now and who I think not only in 2019. I mean, she has she's an influencer. She's someone who is a proud advocate for the LGBTQ community and women's rights and I don't know. She just she makes a point of being an advocate and not only in her music. What about your favorite, Chip and Joanna Gaines? I know. I saw them on there. Their write-up was super boring though. Tim Tebow wrote it. He was like on one episode of the show with them, which I watched. No, I, I don't mean I mean write-up aside, like do they personally influence you? Like they're they I mean I feel like you watch their show Fixer Upper, like you're invested in them as a couple, their family, like Yeah. Do they personally influence me? I I think I like them better than their show. Their show got a little formulaic for me, but I really like at least what we see in the media. I like the example they set as a strong married couple who prioritize raising their family. They spend a lot of time with their kids. Like I look to them as examples of like parents and business owners. So yeah, I would say so. I would say for me, the the people on this list who influence me like on a personal level no one is like deeply influential to me, but I would say someone like Spike Lee, who's been able to sort of go out and be creative and and sort of steer away from formula in his films, that is an influence to me. I think someone like like Michelle Obama, it's hard to be not be influenced by her positivity. And what I think is especially interesting about Michelle Obama is how she's sort of been able to have this influence apart from her husband. The fact that she's been able to step out of that and write this book that has really influenced a lot of people, that is pretty inspiring. And then I would say, you know, people like Tiger Woods. I mean, he's not necessarily in the he po- was gonna be he's not list. necessarily in the pop culture world, but you know, when I read his biography last year, it's just so fascinating to to read the story of this like incredibly flawed person and 
you know, to watch him sort of recover from that. And, you know, his story now that is talked about in this little write-up by Justin Timberlake, which I thought was a weird choice at first until I read it, they talk about being fathers and they talk about their life now and how they want to show their children their best selves. And I was just, you know, like watching him win the Masters this past weekend after 11 years of not winning a major championship. If you're not familiar with golf, sorry. Um, but that's a big deal in the golf world. And it was a big deal for him. And watching him share that moment with his kids was really moving to me. And so I, I appreciated the write-up that Justin Timberlake had. And, and I would say that he's someone who is an influence for me, both in his faults and in his successes, because he can show you and demonstrate to people how best to live through the ways that he failed and in the ways that he succeeded. I also thought Pope Francis on here was a leader that stood out. He's very influential to me. And I, I really like how he, and this was in his write-up too, but how he's tackling the abuse scandals that have happened in the Catholic Church head-on. And he's coming out and saying it's just absolutely unacceptable and we have to take care of our children. And, he, you know, he's doing, he's addressing it with the clergy and kind of trying to hit it head on, which I really respect and we desperately need in the Catholic Church. So um, he's definitely one who I really admire. I got to see him when he came to speak in the United States at the Capitol building and we saw him do mass again in Rome. And I, he's the only pope I've ever seen, so I don't know, but there was there's just something so calming about his presence. And I think his leadership style is something that's really appealing to me and I think a lot of people could learn from. So the last thing I want to talk about just really briefly is, you know, with regards to the pop culture people on this list, the artists, the filmmakers, the musicians, the writers, what does it say, if anything, that these are the people who influence us and our culture and the people, you know, in the United States? Do you think it's a net positive or is it negative? Like in your assessment of the people who are on this list, do you think they're positively influencing people? Because again, this I list feel doesn't like everything necessarily... was positive except the politics category, which was just it would be positive or neg negative based on your partisan bias. But I thought the other categories were all positive. Yeah, it was interesting to read some of these things. Like most of the people on this list have something beyond what their profession is. So for example, The Rock is on the list, Dwayne Johnson. And it not only talks about his acting and how he's been influential in that space, but also how he motivates people and how he has foundations and how he's a, just a positive person. So I think, I think I agree with you that most of these were positive. If you haven't checked out the list, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's worth checking out. A lot of these things are really interesting to read. And I'd encourage you to, to go check it out. Maureen, should we jump into teasers? Yeah, let's do it. Give us your teaser for this week. My teaser is a throwback. So I recently listened to The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. All of them? The first one, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. So I'm going to be listening to all of them. But basically, I checked it out through the public library. I checked out the audiobook, and I was listening to it on my commute. Um, so I listened to the first one, and this is the first one by publication date, not necessarily chronological yeah, order. Yeah, I was going to ask you because there's I'm a whole publication date. There's because, a whole thing about yeah, the order of the books. Okay, so you read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes, and I went by publication date because in terms of what order to read the series because that's the order the author wrote them in, and I would like to go based on that. The I author think. being C.S. Lewis. Yes. So I never read these before. I never read them as a kid. I may have seen the movie remake of it, but I was just like, interested in reading the actual book and it was a delight on my commute first of all the author who reads the audiobook 
I mean, does some great accents in there. It's really good. But second of all, this is a, it's a children's book. Maybe not children's, but like young teenagers. Adult. Yeah, it's a young adult book. Before it's, Hunger it, Games yeah, and Harry old, Potter. Yeah. Um, written in the 50s, I think. And there is just something old-timey and classic about it, but it's not something that's hard to understand or like deceitful or jagged. There is good and evil in it, and there's definitely some scary parts. So I wouldn't go reading this to children under 10. But I felt like it was simple in a way that was entertaining while also kind of like surprising and delighting you. I would check it out. If you, if you are listening to audiobooks of, at all, it was, it was really good. And now I'm on the wait list for Prince Caspian, which is the next one. Okay, my teaser this week is something that I've talked about on the podcast before. My teaser is the television show Barry. It's an HBO show. It just started its second season a couple weeks ago. I really like the second season because it is so much more... It's still funny. It's still a comedy, but it's a dark comedy. But it's so much more about, you know, what it means to be a person and are you always the same person that you are regardless of your past or can you change? And it's really an interesting examination so far in three episodes of the eight of season two as to whether or not you are the person you are or whether you can break away from that and become someone new. And at the center of all of this is the character of Barry, who is a former military person turned assassin Now he wants to reform his life and become an actor, and he is struggling with the idea of, can I break away from this violent past that I've had because I don't want to be that person. That's not who I want to be. So it's a really interesting examination of, like, the human person, and it's also got a lot of funny moments, too. So Maureen has checked out of the show. I have blazed ahead into season two. If you are into that style of of comedy and into that style of, of TV, I would recommend checking it out. Okay, I think that will do it for this week. Maureen, thanks for another great episode. Check out that Beyonce documentary on Netflix, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash popcast. We would love to hear from you, and we would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Stop. No one wants to hear your ASMR drinking noises.